<coughs> Welcome to the show, we're so glad you're here, now let's have some fun. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We are back. Yes, it is time for another episode of the Brian Trust mm-hmm. for today. Yes, it's back to our movie car, oh, vintage movie club. I don't know. What, what are we, we going to call, call this? We still never, yeah, we're still not sure. We, we, we've talked about it for a whole week, and we are absolutely recording this episode live, Classic not in advance. It's totally live. I, this swear. is the first time we're doing this completely Absolutely, live. yeah. You know, it's I not, can't believe yeah. how live this is. It's true. Uh, so we're going to talk about the movie uh, this month. We're talking about 1983's DC Cab. Yes. Which is famous mainly just for all the promotional posters with Mr. T on it. Right. Uh, who was not the star of the movie. He was just a supporting role. But at the time, Indeed. he was coming fresh off of like Rocky III. Mm-hmm. Um, so he was he was a big name at the time. So I think it was just to garner attention. And obviously, he has a very distinctive appearance. So that kind of helps. Mm-hmm. Um, and but a few catchphrases, you know. Yeah, well, yeah, but he didn't really use those. So. No, he sure <laughs> didn't. No, it was just himself kind of. He was just classic Mr. T. Yeah, and it's pre-A-Team so um, yep. as well, which is interesting. It was, <clears throat> so DC Cab is one of these movies that came out in, in kind of the early to mid-80s, a whole string of movies like this. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's why they call it Cabbie Shack. Um, it's it's kind of in that genre where you get a bunch of misfits and that are like yeah. the underdogs who overcome obstacles to kind of win the day. Um, right. Ski Patrol is another nerds. one like that. Revenge, Revenge of the, the Nerds. Police Academy is those yep. are the more well known ones. But there are a slew of really terrible knockoff like that in that theme. Right. That kind of fit in that. And this happens to be one of them. It's not a terrible movie. It just I think it got eclipsed by a lot of other movies that are that were more well-received. Yeah. That have just kind of the same sort of format. Yeah. Um, so I'll, I'll kind of recap the plot real quick. Uh, spoilers. This is, you know, spoilers for a 35-year-old movie. But, yeah, you know, if you haven't seen it by now. We, we told you this was coming for weeks, and if you hadn't seen it by now, that's on you. What should we call this? A classic movie club? Where, I mean, because... Well, it's not really a classic. It's not um, even classic. And it's not even Vintage? that old uh, middle-aged old. movie club. We could call it Middle Age Movie Club because it's, it's, <laughs> they all seem go. to be from like the '70s and the early '80s. Like we until, right. until we branch out of that, right? I think it's going to be one of, the, and even then, because we're we're middle aged. Let's let's not lie about it. You That's know? true. Um, and Although, it's our reaction to those movies and and rewatching them if we've seen them before, maybe. But we try oh, to watch I, movies we haven't seen. Right. Oh, I feel like I'm know? 13 and 14 again when I watch these movies. You know, it, it's I, kind of, and I didn't care for them then. Either. I didn't either, <laughs> so, but back then it was a little bit, you I was know, only, like, no, I was only nine when most of these, nine or ten when most of these movies came out. So oh, for me, well it's like, teens, yeah. I didn't catch a lot of those. I mean, I saw Police Academy eventually. Like, I didn't see it in the theater. Right. I saw a lot of the stuff on home video later. Right. Um, I saw so most I of the stuff on Betamax, if you remember Betamax. I do remember Betamax because my cousins, my uh, my cousins, they were uh, well off, a lot of professionals in that family and stuff. But they had my uncle Charlie, Navy thirty year Navy veteran, you know, did that. But they had a Betamax a lot, and they had like two hundred movies. Like they had this huge Betamax collection. Isn't that something? Even after Betamax went away, like he was still getting stuff even into the nineties. Yeah, like he was getting Betamax copies of movies. I was stunned that at the yep. time. I remember before, I mean, he passed away in 2000, 2001, mm-hmm. I think. But um, yeah. 
or 2002 maybe but uh he but i remember seeing them in like the late 90s i would visit and he was still adding stuff to his collection i'm like betamax hadn't been a thing for yeah. years i'm like well, where you know are you why? getting movies on betamax right well you know I, why you know why vhs won over betamax marketing porn basically well, there's that too, but well, yeah, a lot of the was, stuff in the in the uh, now this in, is in, this is this is kind of apocryphal. I don't know if it's 100 percent accurate. Now, mm-hmm. the story I had heard was that Sony, which was the Betamax, you know, had actually developed VHS as well huh. as the format, but they went with Betamax. They went all in on Betamax because it was a superior format. Sound quality was really good. Well, well, sound quality and picture, but it was actually was like a a, a more like a superior format. Hmm. And so they had sold it off to JVC or something, and JVC just flooded the market basically with VHS. Now this is not actually true. Hmm. It was developed by VHS was completely developed by JVC, hmm. uh, the Victor Company of Japan, as as that's actually what the initials stand for. I don't know why they're out of order, but hmm. you know that's that's fine. Um, but that's what happened was there was there was essentially set off a format war. Hmm. But what happened was they basically dominated because of that. But that was it, it was a lower it was more affordable hmm. essentially right. too than Betamax. And so Betamax was kind of like the professional level yeah. stuff. More often than not, it was used for news organizations used Betamax a lot or three quarter inch tapes or things like that. Right. But then VHS was the consumer market, and that's kind of what took off. And then. Later on, you know, it was like Super VHS and and a few other things like that that didn't live very long right. before digital came along and basically destroyed everything. Right, the um, laser disc that you had to flip d- over. Well, laser halfway well, through the movie. Well, yeah, and even laser disc didn't last. That was kind no. of like a high end. That was like a really niche. Yeah, sure marketplace was. and always was. But that was kind of the forerunner of like DVDs and right. And so laser disc was like really good quality, but DVDs were cheap. Mm-hmm. So and that's what more, that's why you get more data on one side. Yeah. Well, yeah, now, yeah, that and that's the thing. Like the technology got better, and they really went right. from CD and like, can we put a movie on this? And then, right. yeah, that kind of thing. But now we have Blu-ray. So what's next? Shoot. So yeah, we're we're getting a little off track. I know. Was, I'm just saying. Well, as long but as we're thing, like, VH, but that thing, you know, VHS was big in the early and '80s, and like, I don't think we, I don't remember having a videotape machine till like '87 or '88. I think. Did it you have one time. of these? Did you have one of these tape machines where you'd hit eject and it would go, whir, 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 whir. <laughs> and the thing would pop oh, the up. Top, the top loader? Yeah, the top loader. I'm trying to remember. No. No, we did not have a top loader VCR. I have seen them. I had friends who yeah. had them and I, we like, had I know a, we about had a front them loader. Uh, my and girlfriend. When I, when I went to college, yeah. I edited a video Ooh. on top loader VHS machines. So yeah. it was. Yeah, my um, girlfriend at the time had that one of the very first VHS top loaders, and it, it was mm. huge. The thing was huge, and it had the knobs on the front where you could change yeah, the channels. Yeah. <laughs> but it would make that noise when you'd eject. It would. Yeah. Roo, 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 roo. You actually had to like flip <laughs> switches to eject and stuff, as opposed to pushing <laughs> buttons on the front. Yeah, it was kind of like. Yeah, it was. So- um, yeah, no, I didn't. We didn't have that, but I didn't have a computer till like '89 or not. Like I, we didn't have any have a computer in the house, and I was yeah, me too. Really well versed on it at that point, though, too. Like right. my parents, we just never got one. Right, we got one specifically so I could write um, papers mm. for school. Well, my mother got it them. so she could work. She she could do. She was a, a paralegal. And um, a legal assistant for a law office, and she got one. She ha- she actually picked it up at like a wine auction or something. Mm. It was an eighty eighty six. You know, six months later, of course, the penny of started or the uh, the four eighty six has started like the the higher quality right. stuff started coming out. You know, I had an like, eighty oh. eighty eight. Yeah. 
Yeah, and that was the AT. Laser XT that, Turbo is what it was. Yeah. yeah. Or that's what no, that's what we had was the 8088s. And then the 8086 the, the X86s started coming out and it was like, oh. Right. So yep. we were always behind that. Like our family is always behind the curve a bit. And even still to this day I'm kind of behind the curve technologically. Even though I keep up on the knowledge, yeah, I don't right. get the practical use for a while. And it's like, oh. Right, exactly. One of these days, someday when I when I actually have money, I will buy like a bleeding edge system. Yeah, it must be nice. Just because. Must be nice to have money. You know, it it must be. I don't know. <sighs> per se. I, I have some, but not like that level. Of, no. Like I would like to buy a fully spec'd out iMac Pro, why not? But I don't why have 50, not? I don't have I don't have fifteen thousand dollars to drop on drop on that. I'd rather buy I would I would buy a car with that. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. That's where that, that's where priorities comes in. You're like, hey, yeah. fifteen grand on a nice? computer or something that could get me around this earth. Mm. Yeah, you can still buy a, like a spec'd out, refurbished like iMac Pro. Some of them are or MacBook Pro, and some of them are still like thirty five hundred dollars. I'm like, are you kidding me? Yeah, yeah. There was one, even a Mac Mini. Like you can get oh, like no. a spec'd out, like a fully spec'd out Mac Mini on the refurbished Apple online store. I was on there the other day for giggles and shiggles. Mm-hmm. And it was like thirty two hundred dollars, fully spec'd out. I'm like, are you insane? Whoa! Like, I, unless it's coming with like a hologram projector coming out the top, like I'm right. not paying that kind of money for a Mac Mini. I, you know what? Nuts. I could take the Mac Mini I have today, throw an SSD in there, and yeah. it would be great. Yeah, I just yeah, I, I think it's part of the Apple tax, basically. Like you could build something yeah. that, that runs Macintosh. You could build something that actually runs the Mac OS for much cheaper, and it's more powerful. Mm-hmm. So, and, right. Yeah. Uh, Hackintosh. But we're not talking about Hackintosh no, and VHS. We're, no, no, we're no. talking about DC Cab Yeah. today. And it's interesting because this is like a first movie for a number of people or like mm-hmm. a really early movie for some people. And some of the names in there, I was like, wow, I remember some of these folks. And Right. I forgot that uh, Gary Busey was in this movie. I wish I could forget that Gary Busey was in this movie. <laughs> He's just as nuts in this movie as probably isn't real. Well, life. the funny thing is, I, this is more. This is, it's interesting to me because this is more like the start of the, the kind of crazy, yeah, character. Because his stuff before that, because he had been in movies for a long time mm. prior to this. Like mm. he he came up in the four about five or six years before this movie with the, like the Buddy Holly story. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But he's been appearing in stuff like his career goes back to like 1968. What? And but he was in some of the Magnificent Seven stuff. Uh, there was a Magnificent Seven sequel, I think, um, oh, that he wow. was in. Did a lot of like westerns and and some of that, which makes sense. Even um, mm. like Thunderbolt and Lightfoot. Wow. Um, mostly did some. He was in A Star Is Born. Uh, yeah, and the Buddy Holly story was really kind of I think his big breakout role because hmm. he played Buddy Holly. So oh. I was like, oh, okay. All right. Uh, yeah, supposedly it's a really good movie. I don't know. I've never I watched it. So. Maybe that. Okay. Hey, maybe that's <laughs> no, the I next one. I do, I do not want to get on the BSC bus. It's fine. <laughs> maybe so. I, I, I'm just yeah. saying, if we're if we're looking for but candidates is, of movies we both haven't of, but seen, this is kind of the the start of where. I mean, he played some normal people, but after that, it was sort of like so like Silver Bullet, which was that Stephen King werewolf movie he was in. Oh. And like he was a villain in Lethal Weapon, and the Bulletproof, which I think was was that the one that was. Oh, that's uh, right. Lethal. Weapon. No, that was that was his that, that was him in a late '80s starring role mm. as another guy named McBain, <laughs> not Christopher Walken as McBain, but him as McBain. Right. Um, wow, I forgot he was in Lethal Weapon. 
Yeah, he was he was the the henchman of the main. He sure villain. was. Yeah, Joshua. Yeah, and, Joshua. Yeah, and then he was in like Predator Two and Point Break, and like that's right. where you start seeing the yeah. the crazy stuff going on. Right, right, uh, right, right. And Under Siege, and then The Firm, and yeah, he just yeah things start going out. You know, after that, Surviving the Game, which is another one like Under Siege, basically. Yeah. Uh, that yeah, so he's I mean he's had a pretty long career and props to him you know he yeah good for he, him he, to me he's like he's almost the American William Shatner right but <laughs> like he's done some good stuff but now it's just him being crazy about whatever you know yeah interesting interesting side note about Gary Busey this is on his IMDb page in trivia it was he is one of only two actors to appear in three of the long in the three longest running primetime TV shows in television history: Gunsmoke, Ooh. The Simpsons, and Law and Order. No way. The other one, Werner Klemperer, oh. from Hogan's Heroes. Oh, he was Colonel Clink in Colonel Clink oh, in right. Hogan's Heroes, but he's the only other actor to appear in all three of those series ah. at some point. Wow, yeah, which I, that's that's crazy. But good for him, you know. I yeah, him. I don't I don't have a problem with him really. No, no, no. Uh, I, I think either. I think lately it's just been a little, you know. But it's yeah, yeah. and it's uh, good on him. But like Bill Maher, for example, we know him now from Real Time with Bill Maher. He's like a political right. pundit and, and comedian stuff. This was his very first movie. Yeah, and he was good this in is, it. This is the initial credit, and yeah, it was. Tra- and the funny thing is, you watch it, and at the beginning, especially, you see shades of who he is. Right. Even still, like he he really is that guy. Yeah. I think to a big extent. And I thought that was cool. I actually, yeah. I did, I did really think that was cool. Paul Rodriguez. I don't think this was his very first movie. Huh. Uh, Paul Rodriguez is very well known uh, stand up comic. Yeah. Especially coming up in the eighties and 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 early night. This was one of his. I think this was actually his first feature film. Hmm. He'd been in a couple of other things, but this was his first feature film. Then he did a short lived series called AKA Pablo. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, did Quicksilver. I think the the bicycling movie with um or no he was it was a kevin bacon movie there's a, there a couple of movies named quicksilver but this was yeah so he was in that with kevin bacon i mean he did some good stuff mm-hmm. oh, no he was yeah he was yeah that was the bicycle movie that was the uh courier service movie mm-hmm. but paul rodriguez actually had a decent career so mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. he isn't too bad for himself a lot of tv right. switch back and forth between tv and movies a lot and he's still working so yep um irene cara marcia War- marcia irene cara briefly in a cameo as herself Yep. Um, and this is around Mar- the time where Irene Cara was really coming in, you know. Uh, yeah, she was really big at the time. That was right. the thing. Was she, because fame had come out fame. already. Yep. Well, that's yep. what she was coming off of was was fame. Right. Flash dance. Um, uh, she was, yeah, yeah, Flash. She, well, as a singer. And that's the thing. As, as, a, as singer, a singer. Yeah. But yeah. as an actor, she had been in a few things. Not not super aggressively, but she had been in Roots, The Next Generation. Right. She was in, she was in The Electric Company. Oh, she yeah. was a member of the electric company for the longest time. So mm-hmm. at least in like the early seventies, like that was kind of her start, I think. Yeah. Um, but yeah, she'd done occasional movies and stuff. She's mostly known as a singer though, obviously. Right. And that was, um, so that was interesting. Oh, her first for appearance. Sure. I didn't know this. Uh, she was in a TV series in 51. Yes. As a, as a child. Yeah. As, yeah, as, as a, a kid. As, yeah. Well, in, in 1970, she wasn't in the, that's when the series started was 51. Yeah. She was, she oh, wasn't she, in until oh, 1970. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. She was yeah. Daisy Allen. Right. Right. In, yeah. She was, she was, yeah, it was like a soap opera basically. Right. I got you. Um, yeah. and so from then, and she was, yeah, cause she wasn't born until 59. So I don't know right. how they'd make that happen. Right. Uh, but yeah, she basically, she's got a lot of mostly, you know, sound song, uh, 
soundtrack uh, credits because oh, she, she was in what's happening too. So. Rerun gets married. <laughs> yeah. So, well, that's the thing. I think it's it's that? one of those sort of you know, um, Marsha Warfield from Night Court. This was one of her first movies, mm-hmm. I think. One of her her first big things. She's mostly known as a stand-up. Still performing mm-hmm. stand-up. Mm-hmm. In fact, now she hasn't really been on camera for a while, but she, uh, she's still doing still doing regular stand-up. So good for her. Good for her. Um, Adam Baldwin, who we talked about briefly before, because he was in My Bodyguard, which we mm-hmm. haven't watched as part of the series uh, because you've seen it and I've sort of seen most of it. I love that movie. Um, but that was, uh, this was like one of his big movies too. I mean, my bodyguard was like his first movie and ordinary people, but then DC cab was mm-hmm. later on. It was kind of one of his first like lead roles sort of thing. Cause he's the main character in the movie. Right. Um, trying to think Max Gale, of course, from Barney Miller, mm-hmm. most famously. Um, and this is kind of fits in with, most of the roles I've seen him in. Yeah. Um, not in a bad way. As he's gotten older, I've seen him in some good stuff. But he's been in movies pretty much... Like, he was doing a lot of TV in the 70s, even before Barney Miller. Right. But that's that's the one everybody really kind of remembers him from, because he was in, like, the entire run of the show. Hmm. Um, and then DC Cab was, like, his first movie after Barney Miller. Hmm. So that was... And then he was in WizKids. Oh, WizKids. I remember WizKids. Eh. I do. I remember that, too. I yeah vaguely doesn't interesting doesn't list the cast but I do I do remember that movie or mm-hmm. that that series very short lived but I enjoyed it. He was like a teacher. He plays a lot of teachers and like authority figures. Uh, probably stemming off of Barney Miller more than anything else. And then mm-hmm. some hippie types like DC Cab. And mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He played a lot of different. Now he plays older like retired cops and things like that. He, like he just has that kind of feel to him. Mm. So good for him. He's good st- for and him. he's still and he's still working too. So yeah. He's got a bunch of stuff that's due to come out. He's got like five projects on just pending, like stuff that's due to come out this year. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, and he just and he had done his episode of Hawaii Five. Oh yeah, that's right. He was in that episode of Hawaii Five O. Mm. Uh, anyway, sorry, <laughs> got off track. DC Cab. Okay, so it's set in DC. Great, and actually filmed in DC, as I recall. Wonderful. Um, yep. In and around, yeah, filmed in and around DC. Uh, which is good. Back when back when movies could actually film on location without a lot of hassle, right? Yeah. Um, so Adam Baldwin shows up in DC Cab. Basically, he is the son of a guy who's a friend of this character Harold, who runs DC Cab. That's Max Gale's character. Right. They were runs that runs this cab company. It's basically full of psychotics and misfits. Right. Well, they were in the army together or something. Yeah, they were, they were in Vietnam, Vietnam together. And, yeah. and it's very appropriate for the time period. That makes perfect sense. If yep. they if they remade this today, it would probably be like Desert Storm. Right. Yeah. Or um, uh, the current Iraq invasion. You know, uh, yeah. whatever that. I can't remember what that one. The Iraq War, basically, mm-hmm. or Afghanistan or something. You know, right, probably do something right. like that. Um. And the cab company is kind of down on its luck. It's still sort of on its last legs. But Adam Baldwin character comes in. He's all very full of spending. He saved up some money. He wants to become a cabbie. He wants to basically start his own cab company eventually. Yeah. Which is a little weird. But uh, it was the 80s. So, you know, aim high. I guess so. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I'm. Well, he and his dad had always told him these stories. That they, his dad, who is who's dead at this point, apparently passed away at this point. But he had told him all these stories about Harold and how he had this dream to run his own business, essentially. And he finds out quickly finds out that 
things are not as gilded as his dad made it out to be. Shocker. Right. As usually happens in these movies. But yeah, he's got a whole crew of misfits. So Gary Busey, Mr. T, Paul Rodriguez, Bill Maher, uh, Otis Day, um, playing Bongo, who's like the 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 Rasta guy, I guess. I'm not sure yeah. what to call him, you know, I don't but he um he was in it as Dwayne Jazz like he was appeared under another name. Right. At the time, which I think is interesting. But um Dwayne Jesse. Yeah. And then uh the Barbarian brothers who for some reason were big at that time in the early to mid 80s were they in like wrestling or something what i have i i honestly have no idea who they are Uh, they had a movie they actually had a barbarian brothers movie as well Uh of their their over were they wearing overalls in that movie too i think so yeah is that like their thing i don't know i think yeah they were basically um i don't know like i honestly don't know their wikipedia page is really small uh, it just it doesn't list anything about them. Oops, sorry about that. Hit the mic. Hmm. Um, they basically just appeared in movies together. I think they they were bodybuilders, but they were like twin brothers. Right. So they just they just appeared together in a bunch of stuff, and they were huh. just called the Barbarians. Okay. But they did actually do a movie called Barbarian Brothers, um, or no, it was a film called The Barbarians in like 1987. Yeah. And like they were in an episode of Knight Rider, I guess. I don't, I don't know, but yeah, The Barbarians was actually a, a sword and sandal movie. Huh. Like a fantasy film. Ooh, that might be one to <laughs> that might be oh, one God. to watch. I don't know. Uh, that, okay, maybe. I'm look I'm looking at the Wikipedia entry. That might be one we need to watch. I think we're gonna uh, have to. I think we I think we should if we kick can off find, some if type we can of find it. Yeah, if we, we can should find kick it, off some type of like where we watch it live and comment as it's happening. <laughs> we you know, I've been thinking about a project for, for like a Facebook live event. That would be kind of interesting. Uh, Could we do it without getting in trouble? I don't know. No, I don't know. And that's the thing. We have to find some way to, I think. I don't know. I don't know if it's available to stream anywhere. I am kind of curious. But it's, I I mean, I have some connections. I think I could probably get a copy of it. But um, (laughs) with the permission to. (laughs) Uh, You're cute. Uh, (laughs) To do what we want with it? I don't know. uh, know. Oh, that's cute. No, I don't know. I'm not sure. And so I don't want to I don't want to speak to that. That would be interesting. Something like that would be interesting. We would probably have to do something public domain first. Like you know what we could a, do? Like here's an, now here's an idea. But. We could record the show in real time as we're watching the movie. And if our listener wants to watch the movie along with us, all they have to do is start the podcast at the same time they start the movie. And then overlay our podcast on top of what they're watching. Ooh, it's on YouTube. <laughs> like somebody posted it on YouTube. I'm curious. Oh, man, this could be... Put a link in the show notes. Let Let's say, watch that thing. Yeah, it's really low quality. Uh, Richard Lynch, who's in like all of those movies for some reason, is the villain. You know, um, yeah, that looks absolutely horrible. Oh, my Let's God. Watch it. Let's watch it. It's so oh horrible. Oh, my God. I don't know. I well, I want to be careful. I don't want to get it taken down. It's like we got to enjoy it first. Um, I'll throw it in the show notes so you can so you have the link to see it. Fantastic. Um, I'm gonna save it. And watch that later. I think maybe we'll save that for next time or something. I don't know. We'll see. Um, Let's do it. But uh, anyway, so 
so basically it's this team of misfits and they have the there's this other rival company called emerald cab which is right they got very shiny yeah yeah they got very shiny cabs they got the the, their satin jackets which i don't know if cabbies actually wear like teams of cabbies wear satin jackets of their company apparently they have a special permit to pick up at the airport that yeah no that's actually that's actually common is that a thing? That's actually yeah. Even here in Phoenix, like that's a, like you have to be licensed. Like you, well, especially now post nine eleven, it's oh, become yeah. way stricter. But yeah, cab companies actually had to get a separate license. Like they had their hack license, what they call it in the movie. Right. Basically, the license to drive a cab, but they had to have a separate because it's extra security because it's run by the federal. Because airports are generally they were still then even like right. controlled by the FAA. Right. So right. for security reasons, they had to get extra. They had to get a separate license to pick up from the airport, not to drop uh, off. Just right. to do pickups. I see. Like when I, because I worked for a cab company here for a while. You did? Um, yeah, this was probably like in 2008. Oh. After did I graduated. You, dri- after you were I a driver? College, you I did. You? Yeah, I was a cabbie for a while. Well, look at you. Um, it was for a company here called Discount Cab, which actually drives like green cabs like the Emerald Cab Company. I was like, oh, wow. No jacket. Sorry. Because um, oh. now, because now, because, and much like then, essentially what it is, cab drivers are independent contractors and they lease the cabs from the companies. Yeah. 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 And so anything they make above their daily, because they'll, they'll lease daily or weekly, depending on the thing. And anything they make beyond that is pure profit. Oh. And so if you hustle a lot, if you are driving a lot of things like that, if you know what you're doing and you can work up a regular clientele that knows you personally, yeah. you can actually make decent money as a cab driver. And in fact, you can lease multiple cabs and high subcontract other drivers to drive for you Ooh. while you're working for this company, sort of. Uh-huh. It's you become like your own mini cab company within a cab company. Well, well, well. I never really got into that. I mostly did it for as a social experiment for myself uh, yeah. to try and a so I can get used to being around people. Uh, uh-huh. When I was well, because I you know I have social anxiety and, and things like that, and I just. I wanted something that would provoke me to be riding around with strangers all day long rather than just, you know, creepily riding on the bus, like staring at people. Yeah. I wanted yeah. to, and get paid doing it. So, and so I did that. Unfortunately, this was in 2008, right when the economic crisis ended into full bloom. Huh. And there was a, an oil refinery that went down. So gas shot up to like 450 a gallon here. Oh, right. That summer, right when I was working. <laughs> so, oh, my goodness. I did not make a lot of money. There were a few days where I, most days I at least broke even. Yeah. Um, there were a couple of days I lost a little bit, but not not terribly. And it was right. really hot, and it just yeah. And and the Crown Vic, like it was just uncomfortable on my back, and yeah, right. And I wasn't making money, so eventually I did go back to my strengths, and I ended up working in an Apple call center for the holidays after oh. that. But that was a nightmare. Um, no, oh. it wasn't. It was it was a good experience overall, but not. I it just reinforced my hatred of call centers. Uh. Um. So, anyway, but the cab experience was interesting, and it was neat to kind of, so watching DC Cab, I could relate to it a lot more. I see from the experience of like not that there were a lot of wacky people around and stuff, but I mean, I remember I got hauled in one time for a drug test. Oh, after wow. I, I had been on vacation for like an entire week because I left. I went to go visit uh, family up, and I went up to Wyoming to visit. No, I think I went to Albuquerque. No, I went somewhere. I went to visit family. Um, and I came back and I got hauled in and they made me take a drug that they knew it wasn't me, but it was like, they had to do it because company policy, they had to like, cause somebody found like a crack pipe in the cat in a cab that I had been driving oh. previously. Oh, and they were like, and so I lost like, cause I came into work that day. I was like, I'm coming to lease a cab and they're like, well, you can't, you got to go see this guy. And I ended up losing like oh. pretty much an entire day. 
of work because of the because I had to sit around for hours waiting for the the manager guy to come over and then literally he had to drive me to the lab. Oh boy! To take the drug test and go like I couldn't go do it on my own. They had to actually take me there. I was like, okay. And he okay. knew it wasn't me. Like, that was a thing. Like, he even yeah. said, like, I'm pretty sure it's not you, but I have to, we have to do this. I'm like, all right, sure. I understand. It sucks, but I understand. It wasn't you, right? <clears throat> well, no, because they discovered it during the week I was gone. And oh. so, just to be, to cover all their bases, they had to eliminate oh. everybody who, oh, who has see. leased that particular cab. And my name, I had leased it a few times before that. So, it was, I think they just were, they were clearing me, and you know my test came up negative, and it was fine. Oh, yeah, it was so they thought weird, it was a cab, but, but they thought it was a cabbie that had the, the crack yeah, pipe. Yeah, well, yeah, because it was it could, under. It, it was up on the dash, like it was <gasps> kind of up in the window, like in the dash, kind of. Oh damn! So it was up front, like it was, and I never let anybody ride up front with me. Like it was because no. I had my bag over on the side, and right, right, right. Like I didn't have a cage or anything, but I mean to, to protect me. It was just a crown, oh, bit, like a standard crown bic. But right. Well, no, because I never drove at night. Huh. Really, I mostly drove weekdays because I was okay. just like I just wanted to. But I drove a lot of um, what we called voucher rides, which is a flat uh-huh. rate, like doesn't pay a lot yeah, right. uh, for Medicaid and things like that, where they're going to doctors' appointments. And oh, I see things like that. So I wrote, and and quite a few people I rode were going to um, mental health facilities for therapy and stuff. I had a really fascinating ride with a uh, with a psychic. One time, uh, who predicted a whole bunch of stuff for me, none of which came true. Not even where you were going? <laughs> oh, no. Nope, not at all. It really? Was, uh, well, no, she knew where we were going, but she was predicting for me. Well, there she you was go. Like, There's something. She knew but where she you predicted, were going. She was like, all of these things will happen to you in, in three, within the next three years. And, and she ticked happened? off like three or four things. None of them came true. Like what? Share. What did she say? Do so you there, Well, not a lot. I actually emailed myself at the time. Because there was a uh, there's a site I think it's I don't know if it's still in existence. Um, there was a website called uh, Future Me, oh. where you could actually email yourself. At, yeah, futureme.org. It actually still exists. <laughs> I could you could write an email to yourself at a specific date in the future. Really? Um, yeah, and I did this. I found because I happened to find it. I stumbled on it by accident, and so I literally emailed myself because I still had that address. So I was like, yeah, all right. So I wrote a letter to myself and I said. I rode with a psychic today. I had the psychic in my cab. This is everything she told me was going to come through in the next three years. And I dated it exactly three years from that day. <laughs> and so I got the email. And you were like, done, none of it came this? true. Yeah. None did of you remember that you wrote that email to yourself? Honestly? Yeah. Oh no, it did stick in my brain. I didn't remember by the time uh. the three year anniversary had rolled around, but I thought about oh, it yeah. periodically from then on. Because usually if I write stuff down like that, I usually, it tends to get stuck in my brain. Yeah. So, which is the reverse of what it should be, according to David Allen, with getting things done. Once it's out of your brain, you can stop thinking about it, yeah, but it doesn't really help it. me. Right. I'm just used to, that's how I'm used to memorizing things, uh, is by writing it out. So That's hilarious, man. And so, yeah, I know there was one, it was like, you'll meet the love of your life. Like, you'll be in a relationship. Never happened. Mm. Um, I can't even remember what the other two were. That was the one that really stuck out to me. I'm like, really? You think so? Because even then, I was really skeptical. Mm. Um, but yeah, no, never happened. Oh. And, but yeah, no, you can still, uh, you can still send yourself letters and stuff. And, and you can, if you want to, you can make it public so you can yeah. see other people's letters. <laughs> about that? To Dear Future Me, you know, from stuff that was written. It looks like the last thing, at least the last public letter that was sent was, let me see here. So this was sent to 11 years in the fu- into the future to today. Hmm. And it says, "The past is past; thou knowest it, and the lost is lost." 
I have no idea what that means, but well, here's one. Oh, here's one. July 15th, 2012, sent to today. Yeah. And dear future me. Okay, so I know that I already sent you on I sent you one of these last year, but I decided to send another. It's so weird to read letters on this website. Like, what are you supposed to say to yourself? I hope you're still going out with him slash her and that you're a doctor slash teacher slash vet and that you've made smart choices and that you're alive. So I'm just going to say a little bit. I hope you don't give up reading. I mean, I know you won't, but I hope you, we, do it more often. I hope you cook a lot and bake lots because practice makes perfect and it makes you happy. Jeremy's 10 now because you're 21, so take him out sometimes. What? Wait. I, I, so this is a mom, I think. So is she yeah. 21 when she had Jeremy and now she's 31? Jeremy's 10 now because you're 21. Oh, she, I think it's, I, I have no idea. What does that mean? She I, take, she him hours, take him hours sometimes. She misspelled out. Hmm. Uh, have some fun. Bring him to do stuff that you never got to do. Meet a nice guy, take him home, get married. Wait, you're going to bring your son to meet a nice guy and you want your son to marry a nice guy? Well, hey, you know, props. Uh, have kids, even though I know I don't want any right now. Okay, so Jeremy must be... Her brother? I don't know. Who's Jeremy? I don't Who's know. This kid? Do... He's 10 have now? Ki- have kids, even though I know I don't want any right now. Do you want any? Maybe Jeremy's maybe, a maybe cat. Maybe we can... Maybe Jeremy is a pet. Oh, maybe. I don't know. Maybe we can get through with nieces and nephews. Be nice. Make friends. Don't be a hermit like I am. Love you a lot. Signed, me. Stuff like that, basically. It's kind of, there's not a ton of, but this is basically what it does is there's a thing where you can read public letters that are addressed to today. Hey, we have an email address. Let's write ourselves a future, uh, let's write, (laughs) let's write ourselves a future letter. Here's, this is a really poorly worded letter. Dear future me, I want to know if I am married and where do I live? (laughs) Unfortunately, you can't send, there's not a past me that you could send emails (laughs) back in time. Imagine. That would be awesome. What an awesome, a what an awesome premise for a movie or something, or a, or a book. They already where, did like, that. You though. can eat. Well, there's huh? like the Lake House. Um, there oh, was that movie, that. The Lake House, with Keanu Reeves and Sandra Bullock, where they could send each other letters through the mailbox at this one place. Right. And like one of them was living like three years in the future from the other guy, or Frequency. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a whole series around that now with the right, radio. But nobody's thing. doing any emailing. That'd be kind of cool. No, that's true. Uh, well, that's the thing. Like, if you ran pastme.org or whatever so you could send e- emails back to yourself in time, That'd A, there's a limit to where you can do it because email only goes back so far. True. And B, it would have to be heavily, heavily censored. Like, time cop. Like, you couldn't affect the future. Like, you wouldn't want to affect it because I would send myself uh, so many stock tips. Are you kidding? Oh, yeah. Because um, there was a time, I remember in 97, where I had a little money and I was gonna, I was looking to invest in stuff and Marvel was, like, worth pennies. Because they were still in bankruptcy at that point. This is like 97. Right. And Cisco was about to have its IPO. Right. Ooh. I was like, man, I should buy it. I should buy, see if I can buy like a share or two of Cisco. Because yeah. I, I was aware of the company. Like I knew who they were and I knew what they were doing. Right. And I was like, I wonder if I should buy a, a share or two of that. And then I didn't. Stupid, stupid, stupid. Like I couldn't get Apple and you know or Apple at the time because Steve Jobs had just come back and right it was so man cheap. The I stock just was so I, low oh. well and I was I was always skittish about getting into the stock market like specific stocks like I would have yeah. rather done like index funds or something because hmm. it's a little more it's a little little safer because you're kind of spreading the pain a little bit yeah 
because the index funds just match the market. So right, 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 right. Uh, if the market's doing good, you're doing good. You know that right. kind of thing. So right. And I, I was invested in a couple of fund like mutual funds and stuff at the time, but it just yeah. and and yeah, no, that's a long story. But uh, anyway, DC cab, we got way off track. So I know it's so hard. <laughs> Stay but, on topic. I know. I know. Well, let's well, yeah. do it. Let's let's, well, let's think through it. Gonna, okay, so. Basically, what happens is the first half of the movie is sets up a lot of the, the rivalry with this Emerald Cab Company, as right. well as 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 Albert Adam Baldwin riding with the different cabbies, right, to get a sense of the of the the work, so he can actually get his own hack license and things. And and back then they didn't have Google Maps, so you had to learn like the different zones, right, of where you are. So like even now today, like New York City is one of the hardest cities in the world to get a cab license. Because mm-hmm. there's so much, yeah. I think London is actually the hardest technically because their test is like impossible to pass. Right. I've seen they have they actually have videos yeah. on YouTube about uh, these guys uh, studying and, and trying to pass their London yeah. cab thing, and it's yeah, it gets crazy. That is yeah, tough. it's super crazy. I didn't have that. It was basically they we had like a day of basically learning how the the meter box worked and some basic customer service. Hmm. And stuff like that, and then that, and and then like a driving test just to make sure you could actually drive, hmm. even though you have to give a license and your driving record to, to prove you can drive. I don't right now so it's it so big, easy GPS. You well, know. that's the thing. And I when I came into it, um, I mean, I knew I already knew Phoenix pretty well anyway, so it didn't bother me as much. But I had like I could I could just start getting data plans on my phone. Like I had a did I have a BlackBerry? No, I had a Motorola. I don't remember what model phone it was, but it was like a BlackBerry. So it had the keypad on, and that's why I got it was because it had right. the keypad on, the alphabetic keypad on it, and yep. so I could type on it. But I could access Google Maps at the time on the phone. Right. It wasn't an app. It was, but it was like I could access the website if I needed to find places, at least to get the general area. Yeah. And that's usually how I work with maps. Like if I can find the general area, I can always find exactly where I need to go eventually. Right. Except for Seattle. I had a freaking Thomas guide and I kept getting lost in Seattle. Oh, so, yeah. um, but anyway, so he's learning the different, he's, you know, training for his, his hack license basically. Yep. And so of course the, the company is running out of money and, and they're so decrepit. Their cabs yeah, are falling apart. Like the they, hack inspector and things. So what happens is a couple of things happen. Like they find this rare violin, like this famous musician left his very valuable violin in a right, cab worth and like offers a reward. Dollars. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was like half a million dollars. I think they said so. He offered like a ten thousand yeah. dollar reward for it, and they happened to find the find this violin. Well, and so they didn't. It was the Mister Rhythm, who it, who does yeah. sort of work for the company, kind of. He's like a weird homeless guy who who lives in this decrepit, like broken down cab out front, right, of the yard, which is weird. Um, played by Grady from Sanford and Son. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Grady. Yeah. You know, um, as Mr. Rhythm. It was actually, you know, I kept confusing him because I kept thinking he was Dick Gregory for oh. some reason. I don't know why mm-hmm. I thought that, but but that's the guy. Or, or maybe that's the guy I keep thinking of when I think of Dick Gregory is is that guy. Yeah. But it's it's really strange. I don't know. Because they don't really look alike. No. <laughs> so it's, um, I think, I think, as, I think this guy is, I think this guy, um, whose name escapes me right at the moment. But, uh, he, he's the guy. I think he's the guy I think of when I think of Dick Gregory. Hmm. And I, my apologies to Mr. Gregory. I didn't. I don't intend that to have. I think he's passed away. But um, yeah, Whitman Mayo. That's his name. There you um, 
that's who I keep thinking of when I think of Dick Gregory because that's I I'm not sure why that's weird, but um. So they and there's some things going on like there's a guy in a ski mask who keeps holding up their cab, keeps robbing their cabs and one robbing, cab, robbing right? them. Their, yeah, one yeah. cab in particular, and she's getting mad. Yeah, well, right? yeah, and and so so there's a lot of that, and then there's. Uh, they mention, uh, yeah, and so and so he rides with the different cabbies, which is interesting, I think, to some extent. And then he he kind of hooks up with this one guy, Tyrone, who is a guy who rolls around rolls around with curlers in his hair for his mm-hmm. fro, right? Or so you think, because it turns out he's wearing a wig, right? And he's like college educated, right. and he's he's basically trying to save up money to build his own business and go out on his own. Yeah, yeah. And but he he creates this persona so that he kind of fits in with everybody else, right? And I thought that was, and he, you know, and he's black, so he's playing to the stereotypes of the yeah. time. And I thought yep. that was actually really cool. I thought it was, I thought yeah. it was really interesting and actually rather forward thinking for today's audience, in a sense, because today it would be like, wow, really? That's, yeah. You know. But I thought that was really kind of cool, and they they sort of bond a little bit over the whole thing, and um, and and Harold, the owner of the cab company, he's married to um, Myrna. Myrna, yes, thank you. Uh, I keep forgetting her name. <laughs> she's, yeah, she doesn't play a lot. Of, she doesn't play a huge role in the movie. No, but she's a pain in the neck throughout the whole movie. Yeah, basically, um, and she's still acting too. So that's like she sure still... is. Uh, Anna DeSalvo. Yeah, and and um, DeSalvo, excuse me. Well, I think, and she was big in the eighty. Like she came off. She did a stint on Ryan's Hope, and and uh, she did some stuff on Wide, like mostly guest appearances on stuff. Right. Um, she was an Arthur. Yeah, yeah. I mean, she did she did a bunch of movies like that and stuff. She got some work done. It looks like she was but, actually uh, funny enough. She was actually in Taxi, the TV series. Yes. Uh huh. Yes, and I think um, yeah, I think there's a few people like that ended up in there. I think uh, I think Max Gale actually did an episode of Taxi too hmm. at some point, um, just as a guest star. I don't think he was a regular, but right. Uh, um, she was in Growing Pains. Yeah. She's in the Cosby anyway, show. So she yeah, she works at the cab company. She's kind of like the office manager sort of thing, I guess. She doesn't really do anything. Hmm. Uh, really into watching Johnny Carson and getting drunk. Uh, <laughs> she needs her beer. Remember, she's, so she needs she her. Watch I need Don, my she, beer. She needs her beer so she can watch Johnny. Yeah, that's um, right. How can I watch Johnny if I don't have a beer? So Albert basically goes to live with them because Harold's like an uncle, essentially. Quote right. unquote was the idea, and yeah. so. After they get this, thrower. they get this reward for the violin, and so, and so Harold de- agrees to split it with the cabbies that work for him. Yeah. But he makes this pitch to say, "Hey, invest the money back into the company so we can fix up the cabs, so we can do this thing right. and actually turn ourselves into a real, so we can save the cab company." Right. Basically, and they're kind of reluctant to do it at first, but then Albert sort of steps up and basically gives his uncle his life savings. Of yeah. like six or seven grand, which is a decent amount back then. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and so he said, "Yeah, so let's save the, especially because he gets his cab license." So it's like, "Yeah, please, let's save the company." And so they they slowly begin to turn it around. And Albert, you know, gets a girlfriend who's like a waitress at her grandmother's diner, right? Um, Claudette, who's played by Jill Shalen. I want to say, I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. She was basically. She was one of those people who was sort of. She looked a little like some people, other people. I always confused her. Not, I didn't confuse her, but I always thought she was like, um, 
Shannon Doherty's like, like older sister, basically. She looked like Winnie. She looked like Winnie from a little uh, bit. Yeah, she looks a little bit like that. But in, in her younger yeah. year, but she, the yeah. the the one thing I really remember her from. So DC Cab was like one of her first big movies, yeah, first feature films. But um, she did like the the best of times, which was like um, I don't know. It was like a teenager thing with Crispin Glover and Nicolas Cage. In fact, when he was really young, oh. it was like an ABC after school special or something. I don't know what that was about. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so there was a few things like that, and um, Little House on the I'm Prairie. Trying to remember Thunder Alley. What I really remember her from was Babes in Toyland, which is a TV movie with Keanu Reeves. Oh right. And that was a really, really Keanu Reeves, and I think Drew Barrymore. Like it was a really horrible, horrible movie. Yeah. Yeah. Drew, really young Drew Barrymore, and like Richard Mulligan was the villain. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, it was absolutely horrible. It's just, it's just a horrible, horrible movie. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah. I mean, she's been in a few things. I think Cutting Class was another one. I, I never watched the movie, but I saw something about it. it was like a murder mystery thing or something with her and yeah. Brad Pitt and like a super young Brad Pitt mm-hmm. and and a couple other actors. But those were like that was like one of Brad Pitt's earliest movies too. So that mm-hmm. was, I thought it was interesting. So yeah, I mean, even she's still, she's not. I don't know if she's still working or if she's kind of retired. I think she's mostly just raising kids. I think she just sort of stopped. Mm, she's doing uh, a TV movie now called Fault. It's a, it's in it's filming. It's in process. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So there's well, and I think it's just out. I think she just decided to raise kids. She was actually engaged to Brad Pitt at the time they were doing car, uh, Cutting Class. Mm. Like she met him, they dated for a while, and then and then she broke it off. Uh, I don't know, but she, yeah, she still lives in LA and stuff. I think she was just mainly raising her kids and she, she got kind of known as a scream queen. Mm. Um, and stuff, which is fine. You know, there's nothing wrong with that, but I think that just sort of where her, because she, she, I think she kind of got pigeonholed after that, especially when she got like some really bad, like cutting class and some of the other low, just low grade horror movies. And yeah, right. Uh, so hopefully she, you know, if she wants to make a comeback, good, good on her. I mean, she's only mm-hmm. ten years older than I am. She's not that bad. She's not in a bad mm-hmm. place. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So sixty-three TV movie about something. I don't know. <laughs> right. So we'll see what that's about. I don't know. She's a very young Claudette in this movie, though. Yes, yes, very, very young. Um, but that's the thing. I think she kind of yeah. came up as like a child actor. So yeah. So yeah. So they basically they end up turning things around. There's a kidnapping. That sure happens is. with these rich yeah. kids that Tyrone kind of drives by their house on the regular, takes the housekeepers to the house to work. Right. He gets every egged he, every time. He, he chauffeurs them to the house every morning. And right. Yeah, he keeps getting egged. But the kids, when Albert's driving the cab, the kids get kidnapped mm-hmm. and, with him in tow. And so, but then the, like, the cops think that Albert's involved with the kidnappers and everything looks like he's involved in kidnapping, so it's up to the cabbies to kind of save the day. Right. And they do, and so that makes them the, the big heroes and the winners of the, the story and stuff. So it's kind of... Yeah. It's mainly known... I mean, there's two very distinctive... There's um, the theme song at the beginning, which is... Um, uh, see, I can't even remember the name of it. It's, it's relatively forgettable. It was sung by Peebo Bryson. Oh. Um... But it's like it's it's very repetitive. It's like they keep doing the chorus over and over and over again. I'm just like, oh, God, yeah. stop it! It's like five minutes though. I'm just like, oh man. And then Irene Cara's song at the end. Yeah, that's another case where they're like playing it over the credits, but it's like they're looping it or something. I don't know. Is yeah. it, I'm like, is it really that long? Because oh, <laughs> like people really like these songs. And I think about today. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, people still like songs like that where it just repeats the same thing over and over again. 
Yeah. Mm. Mm-hmm. So even I like some songs like that. I, I admit it. Like George Harrison's "I've Got My Mind Set on You." It's literally the same song, same line over and over again for like five minutes. Yeah. But it's a really good song. <laughs> um, there's That's a, the hook. a and the Weird Al parody of that too, which is literally called "This Song Is Just Six Words Long." <laughs> I don't think I've ever heard that. It's uh, let me see if I can find it. I, I don't know if it's on YouTube or so. It's hilarious, and it's literally just that. It's just. <laughs> I mean, it's Weird Al, so, you know. It's, of course. Um, weird, I love Weird you know, Al. Weird Al's so good. Where it, let me see if I can find it. Uh, find a video or something. Oh, oh, yeah, okay. This might work. Let me just, uh, no, let me see. Yeah, it's off of the Even Worse album, oh. which is uh, Fat and a bunch of others. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's a great song. I, that whole album's actually really, really I good. I probably have heard that because I have that album. Yeah, there it is. Um, I, have it on, I have it on cassette tape, though, I think. Yeah, but this is yeah, this is off that album, and it's uh, yeah, Lasagna's off. That was one of like his really like his first really 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 big album. Yeah, um, because that's when he started being able to release videos with the albums and stuff like Fat, right? And, yep, uh, stuff like that. So I lost on Jeopardy. I love that, which song. was actually from an earlier album, but still, it's kind of yeah. yeah. So eat it, eat it's the other one off there. Yeah, I love that one yeah, too. But fat, if fat is off of even worse, I think eat it's off an earlier album. Maybe, I think so. Yeah, fat's off an earlier album. Yeah. But anyway, so yeah, so I mean, and that's the thing. Like the music's forgettable. There, there are interesting moments in the movie. I love the ending. At the end, it's like it's kind of like the, their little post-credit sequence where Tyrone's in the cab, back in his rollers and stuff, and this guy gets in the back, and he's like, "Where are you going? I am the angel of death." To yeah to hell got yeah. any luggage <laughs> he's just kind of sitting there and just like not even i don't know why that made me laugh so hard but it was like wow that was that was really funny yeah so yeah it was yeah it was a nice you know it was actually a nice movie yeah it's kind of uh, decent Mr. it's very predictable but it's, right yeah well mr t had a big old say no to drugs thing throughout the whole movie because oh his yeah niece, well that's always been his thing so that right was, right yeah. so he was playing into that you know uh, and his niece yeah. uh Oh yeah, he just kept hanging out on the corner with the with, with the, the drug crowd. dealers, whatever yeah, the heck. And he, and he thought yeah. it was the he's like, it's this car, it's the car. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> it's not the car, Mister T. It's the drugs. Yeah. It's the it's the money. Yeah, not the yeah. it's not the car. Well, and he was like he was a kind of a born again Christian and things mm-hmm. like that too. So and you know, born again, they're always the zeal- converts are always the most the biggest zealots. About that stuff, and not not a bad way. I mean, he did good for him. Like you know, that's props well, to him a good, for. It was a good positive movie for doing that. Uh, a message in this movie. I always find this interesting, Mr. T. Uh, interesting. Uh, he stopped wearing the gold uh, after Hurricane Katrina, and that's why he did it. Was he gave it up because it was just kind of like because God, you know, it was sort of like he felt like it was. He even quoted in Wikipedia, it's like, as a Christian, when I saw other people lose their lives and lose their land and their property. I thought it would be a sin before God. No, I don't want to mock him. No, I, do I felt it. That, oh, that was good. I felt I that it felt would like... be a sin before God for me to continue wearing my gold. Yeah. I well, felt that would good. be insensitive and disrespectful and, and be a fool. And I pity the fool. I don't want to be that guy. <laughs> you know? No. Um, so, he, so he stopped wearing it. Uh, I don't know if he sold it, but I think he's just stopped wearing it. So it was huge. Well, you got you got yeah. That's why he had bad, he had to work well, out did, so like much. He was because he could stand yeah. upright with all that gold around his neck. He did like Dancing with the Stars this year. Yeah. Um, some stuff like that, you know, it was kind yeah. of, 
He's done he's done a little little stuff here and there, but I mean he hasn't been super active lately as far as I know, but that that's okay. Yeah, yeah good. No, good no worries, for him. you know. Yeah. He he did a lot with WWE. He's actually in the WWE Hall of Fame. Yep. Uh, cuz he was a professional wrestler for a while after after DC Cab and after all that with the movies and I think right around 18 time. Hmm. Um yeah. He was Hulk Hogan's team tag partner at the first WrestleMania. Sure was. When yes. they won, they won WrestleMania. That was the best. I remember as a kid, yeah. you know, being so naive and stupid, thinking that wrestling was real, you know, and uh, yeah, I, I used to love WrestleMania. They like apparently it's interesting. I was I was reading this again on Wikipedia when they're talking about WrestleMania and stuff. Uh, Mr. T almost skipped the show because the security wouldn't let his entourage in the building. Really, uh, Hulk Hogan talked him out of leaving so he could stay, but basically saved it because it was. It was those two against Rowdy Roddy Piper and Mr. Wonderful. Right. And apparently Roddy Piper had said that he and other wrestlers didn't like Mr. T. Oh. Because he was an actor and because he didn't come up and he like he didn't pay his dues. Yeah, right. He just came As in. he basically came in and won WrestleMania, which is like, oh, come on. Yeah, come so, on. And so he and Roddy had like a rivalry in WrestleMania and stuff like that too. So it was mm-hmm. they sure did. They played but, it. There's yeah. some there's some interviews of with uh Rowdy Roddy. Mm. And uh, and Mr. T and Mr. T is like, you know, getting agitated. It's pretty funny. Yeah, was well, it? And he was offered like he turned down a cameo in the in the A Team the remake the movie they did. Oh, um, which is probably smart, kind of. I think I, well, you know, it's like why, why mm. do it? You mm-hmm. know, um, Dwight Schultz and Dirk Benedict did. If you were, I don't know, did you see the A Team movie? Uh, I did not the see reboot the one. Movie, it's not no. bad. It's actually not bad. It's it's kind of it's it's a little bat crap crazy in the sense. Of, I, I think, wasn't I, into the A Team the TV show, so for me, I was like, mm. oh okay, I, that's fair. I I, I enjoyed the A Team. It really doesn't hold up that well, but I mean the personalities, like the interaction does, but some of the action doesn't really hold up because like nobody ever dies because right. it was network TV, so you can never see them actually killing anybody. Right. So it was a little weird. <laughs> just blowing up stuff and yeah a lot of, a lot of vehicles stunts. vehicles doing flips off of conveniently hidden ramps and stuff you know right was, exactly like, I've never seen so, a car do that before but it was interesting to watch the them invent the thing like doing the welding and some of the like the the, the stuff they came up with to, to win and that was kind of cool yeah yeah and Dwight Schultz was terrific as as Murdoch so yeah. <laughs> yes um, the movie wasn't bad it really wasn't um, I think it was weird in a sense like i think mm. they were trying to do i'm not sure what they're i think they, they were trying to it felt like a very exaggerated version of what the tv show was mm. in a way because there, there's some just some crazy weird stuff that happens in the movie it's like yeah you know so yeah i think it's uh yeah it's worth seeing like once but only if you're a fan of the, like if you're a fan of the show, watch the movie. But yeah. my guess is if you're a fan of the show, you've already seen the movie. Yeah. So and I will say this, uh Charlotte Copley, um, from District Nine and all those movies, he was fantastic as Murdoch. Wow. He was a terrific Murdoch. He really was. Mm-hmm. Um and then the the movie itself became that was I'm trying to remember who played B. A. Baracus in the movie. Um mm-hmm. he wasn't bad either, actually. Hmm. Liam Neeson as Hannibal Smith was a little odd because he was like over he was like overly hidden and looked like he had he was kind of overly made up and stuff I mean Bradley Cooper's face made perfect sense yeah um but (laughs) it was 
it was yeah, it wasn't great. It was it was kind of a weird. It felt like he was kind of phoning it in, to be honest. I don't know the remakes. The remakes are hit or miss for me. Like I'm not jazzed about. Yeah. Them. Well, no, and that's true. Um, like Dukes of Hazard, that kind of I don't know. I did not see that. I didn't want to see it. I I enjoyed the series, and I, that's why I was kind of like I'm just gonna let it lie. But there were there was a string of that kind of thing where they were trying to remake these classic shows into like comedic remakes yeah. but there was originally green lantern even though it ended up being a joke of a film anyway mm. um not by uh, just a, by a cluster of a number of different problems but originally it was supposed to be jack black uh-huh. and it was going to be a comedy mm. i'm like oh no no mm-hmm. mm. um but there was another one six million dollar man oh. they were going to remake and originally jack black was going to do that or jim carrey i think there were a few different ones where they were going to do that where yeah. they were going to make it as a comedy like a spoof though like mm-hmm. Starskin Hutch or the Dukes of Hazards or right, oh, it was just Starsky like Hutch or, another one. or the horrible horrible Chips movie that came out last year. Oh, I didn't even. I, I couldn't get. I could barely get through the trailer. I was like, nope, mm-hmm. I'm not watching the movie. I just don't mm-hmm. care, you know. So because I wasn't that into Chips anyway. So. Well, the premise of the th- it just changed. Like it wasn't. Yeah. The, they weren't partners. It was one trying to. Well, they they were team. That's the Get idea. It was like the, the other. I think it was supposed to be like the origin story of their partnership or something. And I was like, no, 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 no. Know. And it was set in modern day. Mm-hmm. And like Chips is very much a product of the '80s, much yeah. like the A Team, much like all those shows. Like they're very yeah. much a product of their time. So it's hard to recapture what made those shows great right. in a modern context. Right. Which is right. why I think that's part of the problem. I think part of why Star Trek kind of struggles a little bit too. Yeah. Is because, and that's the thing. Like you're trying to translate something that was very much a product of its time. Even now, with the the series, even because I mean, even Voyager's freaking, you know, almost 20 years old at this point. Yeah. Um, at least 20 years from the premiere, it's getting pretty close. Um, yeah. So I mean, it's you're getting to that point, and even I mean, Enterprise is almost is a little over a dozen years old at this point from when it premiered. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It just, you know, it doesn't hold up. So I worry about Discovery for that reason, even though it's set in kind of the Abrams timeline oh, is yeah. what it sounds like. I don't know, though, for sure. It's mm. kind of weird. I'm, I'm not 100% sure on that. Mm. But um, so I, I don't know. I think it's some of these movies. I thought about that for a minute. I was like, I wonder if you can remake a movie like DC Cab for today's audience. How do you do that in a world of – and see, it would be interesting because, like, how do you do that in a world of Uber – Right, and I was just thinking the that. on the oncoming approach of self driving cars, and what do you do with this gang of misfits and right. crazies, and how do you adapt that to a modern audience in a way that makes sense? Right, and it's it's kind of like well, you couldn't do it like current current day. You could probably do it. I would do it probably like five or six years ago before Uber started. Right, when cabs were sort of still going, but not yeah. as popular as they used to be, sort of thing. Where Uber was right. starting, but it was just sort of it was just starting to evolve and lift and things like that. Right. Car sharing with Zipcar and right, things like yeah, all yeah. of these disruptive technologies were starting to come to the fore and right, you know that kind of thing. I wonder if that would fit in a modern and like and that's the thing is like what would the plot be for that? Right, there's not really a good solid. Even this one didn't have that much of a plot. Like it was kind of like rival cab companies. I don't think cab companies right. really give a crap these like days. One like that, so. right, they don't care. And it was like it's one rival care company here, and they yeah. and they all ate in the same diner. 
That was the thing. <laughs> yeah, it was like a weird kind of like group. It was like a bar. It was like a bar, like a cop bar, but it's a cabbie bar. You know, cabbie right? It was like a cabbie diner type of thing where I like they all sat at their own table. Well, and the funny thing was, it was only those two cab companies that like always seemed to eat in the diner, <laughs> right? Because that's the only those are the only two crews you see in there. Like you never see cabbies from other companies. I thought that would have been cool to have it feel like gang warfare in a way. Like have all of these <laughs> other cabbies there. Right. Like from different gangs and stuff, you know, different crews kind of. All wearing their own different thing. satin jackets. Yeah, well, <laughs> yeah. And see, I was going to, like, if I was going to remake DC Captain, it probably would be a comedy again, but in the style of, like, Anchorman. So you could have oh, that yeah. sort of, like, gang war <laughs> moment that it would right. just be absolutely ridiculous. Right. Have it turn into a post-apocalyptic thing where, like, they, they deck out their cabs and go out in the desert. And- yes, Mad Max, Cab Warrior. <laughs> yeah. Uh, cab max yeah that would just be yeah that see that would be see that would be interesting i don't know well it wasn't basically fury road (laughs) Mm, basically driving people across the desert and then back again (laughs) right in a giant cab Mm. Uh, truck it was cab with Eh? a trailer Eh? Eh? Uh, bc cab no (laughs) this is like back in the stone age i don't know right um, on dinosaurs, yeah, <laughs> that's the Flintstones. Mm. Yeah, we, they, I'm sure they had an episode like that. I don't know. I don't know. But thank God we managed to kill another hour. <laughs> well, we uh, watch these movies so you don't have to, or that's true. you can. Whatever you, you know, can watch. I would it. say if you liked if you liked Caddyshack, you like Police Academy. If you haven't seen this already, it's worth a watch once. Yeah. It's, it's actually it's at, much at ta- it's actually much tamer than than those two movies to an extent because like I said the nudity was at a minimum there's a few f bombs here and there but it's not mm-hmm. like over the top so nope. right. I mean it's rated R mainly for the nudity I guess the brief nudity but it just very yeah, brief it's it's, it's it, yeah I don't even remember most of the movie and I just watched it last night um, so it's it's kind of like eh, all right. It's it's interesting to watch some of these actors like early in their career pop up, you know, and and see right. them in these roles, and see who they are now. Especially Adam Baldwin, yeah, like who's still working now. Like after after Firefly, I think he's on TNT's The Last Ship, yeah, which is going into season four or five this this summer. I think something mm. like that. But mm. you know, so I mean, they're still working, and uh, I find it interesting now thinking about it because Adam Baldwin and Bill Maher are like such polar opposites because oh, yeah. Adam Baldwin is famously like very conservative. Yeah. Very, very neoconservative almost at this point. And Adam mm. and Bill Maher as well. He's Bill Maher. Yep. So like super liberal. Kind of like it's interesting to see the two of them yeah. together. Yeah. It's kind of like, oh, wow, that's kind of <laughs> cool. But yeah. all righty. So anyway. you've blown another perfectly good hour uh, with us on the Brian Trust, and we appreciate that. Yes, congratulations. Uh, so, so if you have suggestions for us um, for for future middle age movie club or things that you think we might not have seen that we could stream online so that we can both watch it, kind of thing, stuff that's accessible, right? Uh, for us to see, uh, we'd love to, you know, take a gander and see if neither of us have seen it, and then maybe we'll watch it. Like uh, we talked about the barbarians, maybe that'll be a future episode. Who knows? We should write um, to future me, dear future me. Did you watch the barbarians? <laughs> <laughs> We get a public letter, so you just publish it to everybody five years from now and be like, "No, now that you've passed episode 400, what? (laughs) Yes. Yeah, Um, right. So 
so thank you all for for watching listening today uh so if you do have suggestions for us please let us know we have our facebook page at facebook.com slash the brian trust that's usually the best place to get a hold of us for things um you can message us there. You can also reach us on Twitter if you'd like. Uh, Twitter.com, you know, at the Brian Trust. Mm-hmm. Individually, uh, we are both on Twitter. I am at ActorGeek. Mm-hmm. I'm at B Selkie. So please yeah. engage. Let us know. Spread the word. If you like the podcast, uh, you can subscribe by iTunes, rate and review the show. Be honest, but be fair. Please. Um, be specific. If you if there are things you don't like the show about the show, be specific. So maybe there are mm-hmm. things we can work on to improve. Right. Because we're trying to we're kind of learning this as we go. And we want to be sure. better about it. So, yay. Right. Um, so, yeah, that's it for today's episode. And tune in next week when we're talking about something else. So, until next time. <laughs> I couldn't find the words, man. Uh I don't. I don't even have any quotes from the movie. Quite honestly, <laughs> I should write an email to myself in the future to remind me to find words. Use your words, Servo. Use your words.